Welcome to game day, people. Week three of the NFL season is upon us, and the Washington football team will be taking on the Cleveland Browns. Now, before we get into the preview of that game, we're going to quickly recap the Cardinals game last week against the football team and also get into the State of the Union, your DC Sports wraparound coverage. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of District Divided. I'm your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, follow it on Twitter at District Divided, on Instagram, District Divided, Facebook page and group called District Divided. Let's jump straight into that Arizona Cardinals-Washington football team game from last week. We fell 30-15. to Kyler Murray was absolutely sensational. 26 of 38 for 286 yards, one touchdown and an interception. Well-played Washington defense, but 67 yards on the ground on eight carries, and two of them went for touchdowns. It looked like pickup football out there when he got into open space. He was juking people one-on-one. It wasn't even close. Mobile quarterbacks are going to give our football team problems, and that's just the reality of the situation. We have a fantastic defensive line. We've got some suspect linebackers, but decent linebackers, and the secondary is still a work in progress but with a mobile quarterback and a decent offensive line like the Arizona Cardinals have it's just going to be very very hard to stay in games unless Dwayne Haskins plays well and he did not he went 19 of 33 for 223 yards a touchdown but he had a crucial loss fumble fresh off of a Landon Collins interception that put us at the Cardinals 19 yard line this is when the game was 7-0 we're at the Cardinals 19 yard line he ends up losing the ball via fumble you cannot turn the ball over in this spot we end up going down 27 to 3 essentially to start the fourth quarter the game was never close we went down 17-0 again and instead of turning it around it became 20-0 then 20-3 then 27-3 to eventually finished at 30-15 to what that game showed us is that we're nowhere close to being in the same class as many teams and that's okay I think we all knew that going into this season It was going to be tough, and this was just a strong reminder of that. And as I just said, the season is all about the development of Dwayne Haskins. And today, against the Cleveland Browns, he has a huge opportunity to show some development, to show some progress. So very, very excited for him and for this team. I expect it to actually be a close game. So once again, we're going to get into that after the State of the Union couple more notes. Ron Rivera at the end of the game. It's a 12-point game. We stop Kenyon Drake on second and six with about two minutes left, and you just gotta call timeout, right? That's what you do. It's a 12-point game. It's a two-score game, under two minutes left, and you stop Kenyon Drake on second and six for three yards. You gotta call timeout. Then it's third and three, and we stop Kyler Murray. That was one of his carries, by the way. And once again, no timeout. What message does that send to everyone? It sends the message that we gave up. And at the very least, if we had that time, you know, force Arizona to get the first down. But if we had that time and we made those stops, which we did, it gets Dwayne Haskins more reps. It lets the offense know, hey, I still think we can win this game, 
even though the probability is incredibly low. I get that. I get that. But it was so infuriating to see, and I just simply do not understand the logic of it. You got to call timeout in a two-possession game with under two minutes to go, especially when you have all three, which is what we did, especially because (sighs) the Dallas Cowboys made their incredibly improbable comeback against the Falcons. Speaking of the Falcons, what's the point of that organization? They go up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, and they somehow blow that game and lose. Then they're up 39-24 to with eight minutes left, and then 39-30 to with five minutes left, and they lose to the Dallas Cowboys 40-39. to What is the point? What do they do? They cannot close. So infuriating. Regardless, the Washington football team is still in first place at 1-1. One one. Dallas is also 1-1, one one, but they do not have a division victory yet. And then the Eagles and Giants are both at 0-2. And, and finishing up the recap with a positive, Terry McLaurin is a star. Seven catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. And he has this second gear once the ball is in his hands. And it's incredible to see. He's just so much faster than so many players on the field. And he does not go down easily. He's shifty as well. Runs great routes. We've got something in Terry McLaurin. We've got something in Terry McLaurin. And that's going to conclude the recap of the Cardinals-Washington football team game from last week. Let's jump straight on in to the State of the Union. Regular season baseball ends today, so why don't we go ahead and begin with the Washington Nationals. To state the obvious, we'll be missing the playoffs. We have a 25-34 record, and our final game is today against the New York Mets with the first pitch at 3.05 p.m. If we beat the Mets, we will be 26 and 34, and so will the New York Mets. So we have an opportunity to tie for last place in the NL East. That's just about the only positive. Well, actually, there is one more. Manager Davey Martinez signed a three-year extension, and shockingly, he will become the first manager in Nats club history to come back for a fourth season in charge. That shocked me when I heard about that. I actually could not believe it, but then upon reflection and looking at the different managers, congratulations, David Martinez. First one to come back for a fourth season in charge. That'll wrap it up for your Washington Nationals. On to the soccer teams. Washington Spirit will begin with the NWSL. They had a 1-1 draw yesterday with the Chicago Red Stars. The Spirit were actually missing a number of players, including Andy Sullivan, Tegan McGrady, Jordan DiBiase, and as it turns out, Ashley Hatch, who was questionable for the game with an ankle injury, but she was healthy enough to make the bench. However, even though we have five subs to use, she did not make an appearance. This was a very open game, with both teams getting loads of not just chances, high quality chances. The woodwork, the post, whatever you want to call it, was hit multiple times by both teams. It was a really open game. I'm shocked it only finished 1-1. Chicago went up 1-0 through Savannah McCaskill in the 72nd minute, but the Spirit fought back, and with an 88th minute goal from second half substitute Crystal Thomas, tied the game. And she latched onto a bad back pass from the Red Stars to push the ball past the goalie and then just tap it home. We are now 1-1-1. That is one win, one draw, one loss in league play so far. On to DC United. Most recently, a 1-0 loss to Nashville FC. United are tied for last place in the Eastern Conference with 11 points through 13 games. 
Three points for a win, one for a draw, zero for a loss, 11 points through 13 games. Since the restart, DC United have won one game out of 11. They have scored more than one goal in just two of those games, and both of those games have been draws. I would be shocked if Ben Olsen's days are not numbered as coach or manager of DC United. He's a good guy. He is a club legend as a player. But it's hard to say he's been doing anything beyond a bad job right now. Once again, they have scored more than one goal in just two of those 11 games, and we only have won one of those. It looks lifeless. Not good. And for a legendary club like DC United, simply not good enough. Simply not good enough. We're lucky there's no promotion relegation system like there is everywhere else in the world. DC United, they gotta turn it around soon or once again, Ben Olsen's days are going to be numbered. Moving on to basketball, it's been a while since I updated you on the Wizards, so this is a bit of old news, but Bradley Beal ended up missing all three of the All-NBA teams this season. He is the first player in NBA history to miss out on All-NBA having averaged at least 30 points and 6 assists per game. That is mind-blowing stuff. The only reason I can think of is because the Wizards just didn't do very well, and so he just didn't get the opportunity because we didn't have the spotlight on us. 30 points per game, 6 assists per game, Bradley Beal played out of his mind. He hooped. He was balling out there. I expect him to make an All-NBA team next season with John Wall back because I have a lot of faith in John Wall being 100%. I think he's 100% right now. He said so himself. So if he's back fully healthy, Beal's fully healthy, Rui takes a step forward, this team's going to be a playoff team, and you're going to see Bradley Beal make an All-NBA team next season. That's going to wrap it up for your State of the Union, and now it is time. Once again, it is game day, folks. Here is your preview of the Washington football team traveling to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. The Washington football team is 1-1 one one on the season. They had a 27-17 win over the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 1, and they fell to the Arizona Cardinals 30-15 this past week. The Cleveland Browns are 1-1 one one on the season. They lost to the Baltimore Ravens, I want to say the score was 38-6, and then they beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night last week, 35-30. Here's the thing. We don't know much about the Cleveland Browns based off of that because the Baltimore Ravens were an unbelievable team last season, the number one seed in the AFC. And the Cincinnati Bengals, it's Joe Burrow. He's a, you know, it looks like he's going to be a very good quarterback, but we don't know enough about them either. And they are rebuilding, very much rebuilding. So we don't have a lot of info on the Cleveland Browns. So what I did was pull up some very basic averages, which again, it's early on. So take as much stock as you will. But starting with their defense, they have allowed 34 points per game. It's fourth worst in the NFL, 29th overall. So this is Dwayne Haskins' chance to do something. This could be his announcement to the world that, hey, I have developed, I have progressed, and I am here to be the quarterback of the future for the Washington football team. This is one of many opportunities, but this may be his best opportunity of the season because the Browns' defense is bad, and it sets up for him to be good. Once again, this could go a long way in determining if Haskins is the quarterback of the future for this team. So how do we attack this defense that gives up 34 points per game? Well, it's probably not going to be on the ground. They only give up 89 yards on the ground. 89 rushing yards allowed per game. It's sixth best in the NFL. 
Now, again, it's early for these kinds of stats because the averages are only over two games. But when you consider that one of those games was against Baltimore, who once again set the NFL record for rushing yards in a season last year, that is damn impressive. We only averaged 98 and a half yards on the ground, and that's 25th in the NFL. So I don't think the ground is going to be the way we attack this Cleveland Browns defense which is why it falls on Dwayne Haskins. The Cleveland Browns give up 277 passing yards a game, and that's fifth worst in the NFL, 28th overall, and they give up an average passer rating of 109.4. That is sixth worst in the NFL at 27th overall. And once again, Joe Burrow was one of the QBs who did well against this defense. And if you'd remember, Dwayne Haskins beat out Dwayne Burrow for that Ohio State job and caused Joe Burrow to transfer to LSU. He ended up doing amazing over there, but it shows that Haskins has got it in him to be good. This is their area of weakness. The Cleveland Browns are not good at defending the pass. Now, we only average 179 yards a game. That's 31st in the NFL. So there's definitely work to be done. But hey, we're also not the last place team. You know who the last place team is? The Minnesota Vikings. Shout out Kirk Cousins. By the way, he was awful against the Colts. You want to know how awful? 11 of 26 for 113 yards and three interceptions. There is, there cannot be any Washington fans now that think it was still a bad idea to let Kirk Cousins go. It's a great idea to let Kirk Cousins go. He's proving it in Minnesota. They're stuck with that contract. My goodness, what a guy. What a guy. So, once again, Dwayne Haskins, golden opportunity today to crank up that 179 pass yard average per game. Let's see if we can get it to 250. Let's see. Hey. You know, maybe we can even get it to 300. Let's see how Haskins does today. Now on to the Cleveland Browns offense. They averaged 20 and a half points per game. That's 26 in the NFL. But again, 35 points in their last game. This is the one I put more stock into because they're not going to be playing a team as elite defensively as the Baltimore Ravens every single week. And they were at home last week versus on the road with the Ravens. So I don't see them just scoring six points, for example. I see them scoring a lot more today. We're much closer to the Bengals than the Ravens as a team as a whole. So once again, I expect the points today to be a bit higher for Cleveland than like six, even 14. I expect it to be in the 20s, expected to be in the 20s for the Cleveland Browns. Now they do on the ground. This is how they get it done. 176 and a half rushing yards per game. That is second in the NFL. This Browns offense is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That is the system. The offense goes as they go. Last week against the Bengals, what they did, they had Nick Chubb run for three quarters and he ran hard for those three quarters. And then Kareem Hunt closed the game out in the fourth quarter because he was fresh and that D-line for the Bengals was beat. And he was averaging, I want to say, eight and a half yards per carry. So we cannot afford to fall behind again. This These 17-0 starts, they're not going to cut it, especially against this team that wants to and is designed to keep leads and build leads. If we go down to the Cleveland Browns by two scores and three, if we pull off that 17-0 crap again, there is no way we're winning this game. Plain and simple. Now, we give up 108 and a half yards per game on the ground. That's good for 11th in the NFL. But again, Philadelphia cannot run. And Kyler and the Cardinals carved us up more through the air. Kyler himself contributed 67 yards to that 108 and a half yard per game average. So we do actually do pretty well against the run but we haven't faced a running team like this Browns team. So it's going to be very interesting as to what gives there. 
They average 193 and a half passing yards per game. That's 28th in the NFL. Again, Kevin Stefanski does not want this team throwing the ball that much. They want to make sure the ball is in the hands of Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield is a talented quarterback, and he has weapons like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and again, those two backs out of the backfield in Chubb and Hunt, who are both playmakers out of the backfield. But it's not the strength of their team. Baker Mayfield had a phenomenal rookie season, but he had a bad sophomore campaign. He's struggling for confidence right now. He had a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals, but it takes more than one game to get your confidence back. So he's got a lot of pressure on him. And our job is going to be to make sure that he's the one that has to beat us and not those Browns running backs. He's had a recent tendency to bail from the pocket early, and our D-line is way too talented. So if he bails from that pocket early because he senses pressure that isn't even there, that line is going to eat him up. And we're going to be able to win the game if he does that. So it falls on him to get rid of the ball quickly, and our job is to make sure he gets happy feet inside of the pocket and bails from that pocket. So put pressure on him early, and he's going to be prone to mistakes. But if he gets that ball out of his hands quickly, this could be a long day. This could be a really, really long day for the Washington football team. So to recap, the keys to the game on defense, stop the run, stop Nick Chubb, stop Kareem Hunt, and force Baker Mayfield to win the game. We can generate turnovers by putting the ball into Mayfield's hands. They're going to have the occasional explosive play. Again, those playmakers for our secondary, it's going to be hard to silence them all game. It's going to be hard to silence Odell Beckham. It's going to be hard to silence Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper. It's going to be hard to silence those guys. But it has to be Baker Mayfield beating us and not Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. Because if they are running well against us, we have no shot in this game. Plain and simple. We're not good enough to be able to hang with that. And on offense, it's on Dwayne Haskins. And I put it actually on Scott Turner. Because Miles Garrett is on the other side of that line for the Cleveland Browns. And our offensive line, not that good. We're going to need the ball out of Dwayne Haskins' hands quickly. I'm talking curls. I'm talking swings. I'm talking screens. Quick outs. And quick outs, by the way, when I was doing the Dwayne Haskins film preview, and you can catch those episodes, you know, just scrolling down on Spotify or iTunes, what have you, over the offseason, quick outs were his best throw. He was most confident in that, and those are NFL throws. Those are Those show your arm strength. He's got that. I haven't really seen that this season. I want to see that to Steven Sims. That was bread and butter. I want to see that to Terry McLaurin. Those quick outs get Haskins going, and those are balls that he put only in position for his wide receivers. He is very, very good at that quick out. So I want to see more of that. Absolutely want to see more of that. It's got to be decisive. Those are the keys to the game. Dwayne Haskins being decisive with the ball because it's probably going to be difficult to run on this Cleveland Browns defense. And then stopping the run and forcing Baker Mayfield to win the game. That's what our defense needs to do. As for a final score prediction, I think it's going to be a really, really close one. I do. I think the fact that Cleveland has some fans over there and, you know, they have the momentum from winning and had 10 days to prepare for this game instead of just the seven. I do expect them to win. I do expect the Cleveland Browns to win. I want to say the score is going to be 27-24. I do expect Dwayne Haskins to have a good game and for the Washington football team to cover that seven-point spread. So Cleveland 27, Washington 24. But I would not be surprised if the Washington football team go on to win this game. I do think they have it in them to do it. And this Browns defense can be had through the air. Hopefully Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber can get it going on the ground a little bit to help Haskins out. 
But otherwise, again, could be a long, long day if Mayfield is getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Cleveland 27, Washington 24. Would not be surprised if Washington wins this game outright. That is going to conclude this week's episode of District Divided. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter at District Divided, Instagram District Divided, and Facebook page and group called District Divided. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy game day. And HTTFT, hail to the football team. I guess we'll have to get used to that as we figure out a name. But for now, Polly Polo, do your thing and take us away. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city.